Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Quarter's a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Yes, and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. I am Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Writer of the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrett, Channel 7 legend, <laughs> former Eagle and Perth Football Club president. We are sponsored by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly and please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. Barra, a very, very special weekend. And I just want to talk a little bit about Anzac Day and what it means to us mm. and what it means to the public before we go on and hopefully tip our uh, listeners some winners and talk a massive, about a few issues in football. Massive weekend, isn't it? I was always a bit unsure about whether that should be linked to sport given that, you know, there's no comparison between war and between sport, is there, really? And, and I don't really like it when coaches try to draw that analogy with basic footballs and try to inspire us in that way. Mick Moldas was a genius at it, and I'll tell you a bit more about it, that because I can see you're fired up about the issue. Well, but fired up about the issue. I just want to talk a little bit. The first thing I'll say is um, the clubs do a wonderful job on Anzac Round uh, in remembering what our fallen heroes did for us. Uh, I'll start with... Friday night, uh, Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs. Now, the Len Hall tribute game has really become something special. Now, there are some transport issues Friday night. I'm imploring anyone to try and get there early at 5.35pm. Graham Edwards, a Vietnam vet Mm -hmm. who um, was a state and national MP, president of the RSL, president of the Paralympic Committee of WA, the National Paralympic Committee. Great fella. Uh, Wonderful fella. Uh, 50 years uh, since we withdrew from the Vietnam War and Graham served there and lost both his legs when a mine exploded. So Mm -hmm. has given his country great service both at war and on his return made a huge sacrifice. So please try and get there early. I would love, love to see a full house for Graham Edwards reciting the you, ode. You need to get in there by five thirty. Yep. So just put that in your mind. Get there by five thirty. And it's good, that it's, a, it's good that it's a bit later. It is. Bounce not, down not, is six ten, but please get there by five thirty um, for this. Five thirty five is a ceremony. Special moment. I just want to talk a little bit about Len Hall because it's quite easy to forget. Um, we put a name to it, but let's just recall. So La- Len- our last Anzac. Our last Anzac. Len Hall, born May 9, 1897. He died in Perth, February 24, 1999, aged 101. Barrow, they don't mm. make him like that anymore. Landed at Gallipoli with the Anzacs, where he fought as a machine gunner during the assault on the neck. Uh, helped capture Beersheba in 1917, riding in the legendary charge by the Light Horse Brigade wow. of the um, Desert Mounted Corps. And he rode with Lawrence of Arabia to liberate Damascus in 1918. Just bear with me, Barrett, because I think it's important mm-hmm. uh, to reflect yeah, here. Absolutely. Then on his return to Perth in 1919, he married Eunice, a woman who four years earlier had accepted the feather from his slouch out. How romantic. According to Lawrence of Arabia, the Australian Light Horse Regiments of the Anzac, <laughs> 
Anzac Mountain Division who rode with him into Damascus were among the best riders in the world. Hall was one of a band of sporting Australians who saw the battle as a point-to-point with Damascus as the post. Now, Hall had enlisted in 1915 after an officer heard him playing the bugle and begged him to join up because the 10th light horse needed a bugler. He was only 16, Barra, so he exaggerated his age, as a lot of the boys did, donned an oversized uniform and sailed for Egypt, practising his bugle en route. But he had to leave his bugle behind for Gallipoli, where his role was to operate a Vickers machine gun. He fought in campaigns such as the Neck until the evacuation from the Gallipoli per- Peninsula. And during the Bathsheba charge, Hall was injured by a bomb dropped from a German aircraft that killed nine of his 14-man mounted gun crew and his horse, Q6. I'll finish. At Gallipoli, uh, as we know, there were mass casualties. 879 of his fellow diggers were killed. Mm-hmm. And Hall was especially vulnerable as Le- lead machine gunner in the impossible assault on the neck, a steep hilltop Turkish gun position. It also relayed messages during the World War II battle between HMS Sydney and the Ger- and German ship Cormoran, mm. in which the Australian ship was sunk with a loss of all 645 on board. Uh, I just think it's important to reflect. Yes. It's not just the name. This is a real hero yep. of Australian history. And I, I love what Melbourne do on the Monday night. Mm. I love everything about Anzac Day on Tuesday with Essendon Collingwood, remembering Except for one thing, Barra. I've never been comfortable with handing out an Anzac medal on Anzac mm. Day for a game of football played over four quarters. Might have been a bit too far. They the word too Anzac far. itself, it's just for a medal, mm. Anzac and medal and footy. I, look, I'm happy to let's, – let's name it after um, a fallen former footballer, one of our fallen heroes. But mm. uh, I'm just never been comfortable with that. I'm yeah, I think not you're trying right, to there. deflect from it all. But who, who was last year's Anzac Day medal? I don't know. Last Medalist. Year. I'll tell you. Yep. Ginevan. Yep. And the year before that, Darcy Parish. Yeah. It's a it's a great day. Pendlebury's um, won a and lot. And I think it's important to recognise players who are great on the day. But you're saying the Anzac re- medal just doesn't sit right. I think no. you're right, you know. I reckon you're right. You know, when I was playing, so uh, people probably get tired of me talking about the old days, but I can go back to um, when I played at Perth and we used to have a guy called Kevin Clune. Have you heard of Kevin Clune? I have. A, a waffle legend, Claremont legend, came to coach at Perth. The Carnamar Kid, he was called, the Carnamar Kid. He was absolute star. He was the first guy who introduced me to the importance of Anzac Day because he used to be, he gets so emotional. He takes up to the dawn service. He'd walk around under all the trees and look at the plaques and tell us stories about each of the privates that had died and what their story, he knew it all. His greatest regret was that he couldn't, didn't fight in World War II. That's what he actually said. And then we got Malthouse and Malthouse was similar. He was a warophile. He was a, a amateur historian. And he absolutely loved Anzac Day. And he gave some of the most compelling, riveting, unpassionate speeches before Anzac Day that you've ever heard. It was, it was actually incredible. There's no way we're ever going to lose on Anzac Day. But when I first started in 87, it, uh, Anzac Day wasn't a big thing. Can you remember those days? It was always a big thing. I grew up in Melbourne. It was always a big thing in terms of the march on Anzac Day because you'd have, but, but not with footy. footy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There it's, would be the last post played always, but that was yeah, about it. Yeah, and, and they sort of went through the motions. But in fact, Anzac Day went through a malaise for a while. Like yes, after it did. after Vietnam and that, and that, that people sort of looked on war as, you know, why are we glorifying war? And it actually sort of drifted off a bit, and, and it was quite remarkable. And the AFL has been part of bringing it back, 
But when I, when we played in 87, this is no bull. We played at Collingwood. And remember the old Victoria Park? Oh, I remember it very well. And they were trying to just, you know, stick it up as any way they could. And I'm pretty sure it was deliberate. The last post was done as we were walking down the race. Sort of like, and we're walking down the race. How, how, I mean, how disrespectful. Nowadays, you'd say that's disgraceful, but that's what happened. And it was almost like they tried to do it to the West Australians as a, as a ploy at Victoria Park. And from there, of course, it became huge. And then was it Sheedy who invented the game? It was Sheedy who really, really drove this concept. And good, good on him, uh, as he's driven many concept, Barra. But I think this one will, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be a great legacy for him and it will last for a long time, yeah, forever. He's been a genius, Sheeds, hasn't he? The indigenous game he came up with, he's done, you know, Michael Long's walk. I mean, he's, he's, he has been probably the, one of the biggest factors in the game, the resurgence of AFL footy, don't you think, into a national competition? Agree. I, I reckon the playing of the last post and just the finish of it, uh, it, it's something that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck, I reckon, in footy. Mm. It's one of the great moments. Uh, it's bit very like- hard to play, you know. I, try, I, I used to play the... Uh, Bugle. Did you? I, I bought a bugle. There's a hidden the talent of, we didn't know about. <laughs> off the back of, you know, all this stuff, I got a bugle. You know, you remember they used to have all those sort of uh, old, shop, you know, his, historic shops, you know, you'd go in there mm-hmm. and have all the old crap. And so I, I bought a bugle and I had a crack at it. But it's very hard, actually. Very hard. And, and every year, because I was doing the boundary in the AFL for Channel 7, I would knock around with the buglist and you'd never see a bloke sweating more than the buglist on hands. Oh yeah, you've got to get it right. Because how hard... But you know what, even if you there. don't, you see a lot of kids and, you know, good on them for having a go. I'll just quickly, I did Kokoda in 2014 and before we embarked on that journey and was and it was about, I think, excited for about a day and then you get into it and it's like you just buy in emotionally and it's mm. an incredible experience. Apparently One moving. of the great things I've Amazingly ever done. Amazingly moving, isn't it? It is, it is. And you um, get told the stories all the way up. As yeah, well, you do a lot of reading beforehand. Fuzzy wuzzies and all that. Yeah, and you do you go through a lot of villages where they where they, they still live, mm. the um, descendants. But isn't and a there lot plaques of the, all the way along of things that happened or when you get to certain spots? There are. Yeah. There's um, Isarava and there's the, the pillars and there's a lot of um, great... Uh, reminders along the walk. And that but, must have mean. did that really touch you? Oh, and yeah. When you're tired and stuff, you get really Oh, emotional. look, I got um, a place called Brigade Hill, which is about halfway along the track, and there are a lot of West Australians, a lot of Australians who fought a battle, an almost an impossible battle there and mm. managed to hold how off the Japanese. In that, sort of, in that jungle? I mean, it's amazing. Well, when you it? get up there, you realise how difficult it was, and that's when you get really emotional about it because mm. the, these, these boys were so far from home mm. and so vulnerable mm. and out... Outnumbered, amazing. And these Japanese soldiers were huge. They weren't small, and they had um, far superior uh, weaponry. And it was, you know, they, so you how did they it, you ever did managed e- to do it. You did it easy, eh? Uh, we did. And I just finished with because you're um, fit. My mate played the trumpet, so I said to him beforehand, to, "Hey, because I went with about ten mates, I said, don't tell anyone, but just bring your bring a bugle and practice the last post. So whenever we got to a significant point of the track." He would play the last post. And we had an Australian flag which we draped over some rocks or some trees and and we played the last post. And I can tell you, there were some pretty emotional moments, particularly Mm. when we're up at Brigade Hill, because it's elevated on this saddle and you just and the the noise was just permeating and echoing down into the valleys below. And I reckon if you were like a a villager walking through the jungle that day and you heard that sound, it would be an incredible Mate, sound. That's so. brilliant. Thanks for telling us that. That's all right. I, the only, I've got a mate whose only big regret was that he got chopped out of Kokoda. You know the guy I'm talking about, the famous car dealer? Yes. And yes. He, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And he called a chopper. 
He literally called. He called his assistants back in Perth, his PA, and said, "Book me a chopper. Where am I? You're at Kokoda, aren't you? Yeah, get a chopper. I don't care how you get it in here. Get ninety percent humidity. Barra. Cost him a fortune. Very, 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 very hot place, and you know, tough walk. But I think the emotional side of it is the toughest. Uh, Barra, yes. before we go on to some games, let's talk about the Eagles because this is, uh, I don't know how many mirrors they've cracked or how many black cats have walked across oh, their path. Mate. and Under a ladder. Another avalanche of Chain injuries letter. at the Eagles. Now, we, we, we broke it apart a bit today in the West Australian, so there's a fair bit of collision involved here, so mm-hmm. unavoidable collision injuries. But there are also still a significant number of soft tissue injuries. Now, you are at the same press conference as me mm-hmm. yesterday, Barra. Yep. What did you make of Adam Simpson? Mate, because we I, did press him on it. I thought he was philosophical. I think he's made the transition into now being philosophical. He's just gone, you know what, This is it is what it is. I've got to deal with it. We're down to bugger all players. They're thinking of elevating uh, Tyrell DeWar. Yep. The, an NGA. So that's the, um, what does NGA stand for again? Uh, Next Generation Academy. Yeah. So the kid is nowhere, nowheresville in terms of AFL footy. He's 71 kilos, Indigenous player. I think from Subi, Indigenous kid. Yep. He might, he might have to come into the squad. Well, they are getting desperate. This is for the waffle, to, 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 because obviously there's an issue with the waffle team. Um, as he said, I think we, we were meant to top up our list, not fill it. Oh. And unfortunately, you know, we see Hearn go out. Um, we well, see and, Noah Long go out. Mm. But we've got Shuey back. And we've got uh, Callum Jamison back. So, but they've made the transition into the no-risk policy. Have you noticed that? Yep. It's now, we're not risking anybody for no because re- we're not going to make the finals. And there's a kid called Harley Reid, who is the number one draft pick this year, who Can they play. reckon is the best kid in five years. Mm. I mean, I know you hear that a lot, but apparently this kid is the best kid in five years. A cross between Dustin Martin and Luke Hodge is what they're saying. That's a fair cross. I'll <laughs> take that. So obviously Simo's starting to... What percentage <laughs> do you want a Dusty and what percentage do you want a Luke Hodge? He's gone the, he's gone the glass half full here. Let's see if we can get Harley Harley Reid. So Bunga sits out. Shannon Hearn sits out, in other words. Noah Long, oh, I'm a bit sore on the hammy. Oh, you better sit out as well, my friend. Uh even Luke Shuey, I'm not sure if they'll play Luke. I mean, they're saying they'll play Shuey. Oh, you think he might be a late withdrawal? Uh, I just, I don't know if it's, is it worth it? Honestly. Well, if he's fit, you play him. Yeah, I know, but that, he, they've said that every other time. Oh, you're on a list. That's the every other time he's come in, they've said mm. that. He's fit. You know, they he, said that about Elliot Yo, and then they threw him into the middle. He told us the story. They threw him into the middle just for the centre bounces in the centre. Yeah, they was gonna, then he was going to move to half back. Yeah, and he did his groin. Tackling so danger is a bit unlucky, but yeah, I know. Do you s- need to go in? Do we need to have him in there? Could well, he just come? Someone has sub? to go in there. Yeah, I know. And and Jinby's been learning a lot. And the real shame with um, Boots Shuey was that he was in really good form. I mean, he's leading, in my estimation, the yeah. um, the uh, the uh, Glendenning Allen Medal during the Derby when mm. he went off with that hamstring yeah, injury. Fortunately, it wasn't a long termer. When he was punching the wall, I was really worried. This is a long termer, but I think it was just the frustration of the day. So good to see him back if he indeed he is back so oh, quickly old, old squad isn't it you know that's that's the other thing they, uh, I the mean, top they've, end they've it got, is they've yes. got to cop some they've got to cop some flack for that don't they they do yeah they've Matthew, waited Lloyd, too long. Matthew Lloyd launched on him last night did mm-hmm. you hear that yeah he, Matthew Lloyd launched on him saying that, that they need new blood they need new faces in the club they need new voices he, he named Nizzy he named Simo he even named Belly he said Belly the um you know, oh, the, Gavin Bell. Gavin Bell. He's been there 15 years. He'd done his research. 
So the the knives are out, and I don't know if that's the right way to go or not. But they're re- they've, I think they've turned a, their attention to the Eagles. now. I think there's there are some young faces in that squad now because they've been at it for a year or two now. But he's talking about admin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And sorry, coaching, yeah, yeah. Coaching and admin. Well, I've yeah. Look, I've said in the past, and Trevor Nisbet's done a fantastic job there. The coach has done a fantastic job there. But there is a use by date. Yeah. You do have to move on. So. You know, with Nizzy, though, the only thing that they're not saying is that it's not his job to pick the team or to recruit. His job is to run the club and to make money. And they've been ex- unbelievably successful. They have, but you also put people in positions where they make those decisions. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you could could target him for that. But in terms of what his primary role is, like I'm a president, on my primary role for my CEO, Russell Clark, is not to make sure the footy's sweet. It's to run the club and make sure that we make money and we don't go under. Nisbet has been incredibly successful mm-hmm. there. They are a superpower, and they've probably got 60 to 80 mil in the bank. Well, so I don't in think, some ways, he's been doing his job. I don't think there's any question. The teams that are last and second last at the moment are looking like they're going to finish in those positions, West Coast and Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne was a couple of years too late in their rebuild, mm-hmm. and I think West Coast was probably longer than that. Well, they necked their, themselves, their... Hawthorne, didn't they? they? They've done it to themselves. Well, they have. The Eagles haven't done it to themselves. But I think they haven't a... sacked any of their stars or traded them. Yeah, have I, they? I think that no, completely different. That's right. Yeah, it yeah. is. I think there was a period at Hawthorne, 2018. They made the finals, top four, and were out in straight sets. It was a false dawn, mm. and uh, so they hung on and tried to top up, and which something Geelong's done very well. But well, let me ask you this: the 20... cliff comes to a mall, Barra. 2018. If the Eagles don't win the flag. Buckley doesn't get sacked. Buckley stays on. Buckley's probably still there. Simo's, he is definitely gone. Yeah. Isn't he? Since Sliding then. doors, yeah. Mate, what a sliding doors moment. My, my, look, my argument um, when Simo was reappointed was he's done a great job, but I think when you, if you are rebuilding and it's a long-termer, you need to be the coach that comes out the other side of that mm, to take them which forward. Which never happens. Well, Simo would have been there 15 years. Adam Simpson would have been there 15. So that's just a, that's a long time. Hey, mate, I've got to – oh, that's, that reminds me. Michaela gave me a wink then. That reminds me. Mate, you, I know where you're going. Did you hear what happened? Oh, so we're at the press conference, right? So this is the Adam Simpson the Adam press Sim- conference Can I Wednesday. set it up, please? Yes, you so can. So Adam Simpson, right? <laughs> so I'm on TV. I know how to do it. Right, so we, <laughs> we're sitting there, right? I've decided to come in because I've heard that Hearn and Long are out, okay? So I'm thinking I'm going to this presser because – I reckon he's gonna. It's gonna be one of those presses where you you know you remember you were at because this is crisis time. They've actually officially admitting it's a crisis. Philosophically making the transition to we don't really need to win too many more games, sort of thing, right? So You're never ne- gonna say that. So we needed to go hard at him. We didn't. We? And so all the heavies are there. You know, quarters is there. I'm there. Lockie Reed sitting next to him and picking his nails. And you know they're carrying on. Anyway, so <laughs> at the end of the press, it's all very serious. And quarters phone goes off. And guess, guess what his ringtone is? What is the it? Seinfeld ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just written a column about Seinfeld in the STM magazine, quoting Quarters. And his famous story about when he, he was so, he's so obsessed with Seinfeld, right? He, he went to New York and did the tour with the real Kramer. <laughs> Is that right? You That's did correct, Tell yes. people what happened. One you box, got on the, was it on a bus yeah, or something? Yeah, I won a box of junior mints because the question was, what was the black market showerhead sold? And Commando 350 was the answer. 450. He said He said to me, uh, yeah, 450. He said to me, um, 
you are good, sir, and it was one of the proudest moments of my life. I just, <laughs> Kramer's, I've just got an up. Kramer's given him the big bump up. He reckons it's be- almost better than his kids being born. <laughs> Not quite, but it was, it was close. I just and an update. So this Seinfeld thing's gone off, and then, now let him oh, finish yeah. the story. So this Seinfeld thing's gone off, and Simo looks at him and goes, mate, because you, you're not, you, Carly, you've been in media. You're not allowed to have your yeah. phone on. It's like the, the cardinal sin is if your phone goes off. And he dobs himself in quarters. He goes, that's it. That's a carton. That's a slab. That's, that's a slab. A slab. Yeah. And, and well, Simo is. goes, a slab? <laughs> like, that sounds interesting. And then he starts inquiring as to what beer it might that's be. Right. And because and we've got Great Northern as a sponsor, you're trying to chuck in the Great Northern to get that for free. <laughs> No, no, it's a slab. When your phone goes off during a press conference or on radio or in a podcast or anything, which is my my, my phone's on airplane now. I don't want two slabs. You had, to, you had to be there. Hey, just on that, funny. your column last week about the Seinfeld experience, and and we, let's mention him, Channel 7's Rick Arden, who's the captain of my Seinfeld trivia team. Mate. He, he talk about me being obsessed. Can I just tell you? Just he an, loves it. Just an update. Last night. There's video there, of this. There haven't been that many... Um, there haven't been that many uh, Seinfeld trivia nights recently because there's two teams, ourselves and and another team, uh, and we just we we always. So you win. travel around just doing Seinfeld quiz So Rick's organised a <laughs> just a face-off between the top two teams oh, last night right? at the Herdsman Parade. Is that right? So I, we were at the Herdsman Parade <laughs> last won? night. We won. Oh, you got up. But it was, I'll tell you what, now I was writing the answers down because I have amazing penmanship. And um, uh, and I'll tell you what, I was exhausted at the end of it because it was they were really, really tough questions. Anyway, Mate, how rest. obsessed are you blokes with Seinfeld? Yep. It's a good show. It was. Now, what beer did you pick for Well, Simo? I reckon Simo... He, he, ran, he texts me today, he wants to know, yeah. make, please remind Quarters that he owes a carton. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and uh, let's just say that I think he's probably the same as me. He's a victim. Victorian. VB. So like, I reckon, well, no, he didn't ask for that because I'm sure the Eagles Yeah, of course, got a he wouldn't. He wouldn't, mate. He'd, he'd be, uh, I'll be I'll be buying a C, something from CUB, and but maybe having a little Great Northern as well. Uh, on hang on, Great Northern's our sponsor. I know. But, but I have to buy edit that bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, anyway, let's Barra, get back on the footy, mate. Stop digress. talking about Seinfeld. Let's pick some winners. We <laughs> mentioned uh, the Len Hall tribute game on Friday night. Please get there for five, before 5.30 to see uh, the... Ode mm. to listen to the ode. Six ten PM bounce down. The Dockers are dollar seventy seven. The Western Bulldogs two dollars and five. No Josh Bruce with that uh, rib injury. Maybe Keith comes back in. Uh, Fremantle uh, coming off a win. Couple of points here, Barra. Before I give you my winner, pressure. So if you look at what happened in last year's elimination final, and you can and you can bet your bottom dollar that both coaches will have pulled that game forty apart. points down, forty one points, forty one points, and down. the reason they were down was pressure. So the dogs' pressure was enormous for a quarter and a half, and they just got the Dockers on turnover went, on turnover. <laughs> so then the Dockers. Um, this pressure just eased a bit, and the Dockers eased went, a bit. Yeah. They lost by thirteen points. Dockers got it's a, one of the great turnarounds. Eleven goals to two. After I remember that being point. there at half time, and people were thinking of leaving. Mm. You know what I mean? It was an amazing game. So I think the important things. O'Driscoll. Here, the important, yeah, the important points to this game are the mid midfield battles. So you've got bigger bodies from the Dogs. So you have got Bontempelli and yep. you've got Liberatore against the smaller bodies. That's going to be key, as well as two of them inform Ruckman of the comp. English and Darcy, that's going to be a key to this Huge. battle as well. And I think the key to, I mean, the dogs are struggling to score at the moment. That's their issue. 
and the problem with the Dockers at the moment is their marks inside 50. <laughs> so what the Dogs will be trying to do is stop the Dockers marking inside 50 and pushing them wide because when they mark the footy, when they outmark the opposition this year, they're yeah. losing games. So they're going to try and push them wide. The Dockers are going to try and get it inside 50 better and yeah. score more easily. So they're the issues. I'm picking the Dockers. I'm picking them. It's a tough game to pick this one because you know I'm on the dogs this year. but And I haven't seen – it's still a work in progress, the Dockers at the moment, but I'm going to pick them at home. Mm. Amos is so good at, at – but you he's know, only young, and yeah. he's going to have up and down weeks. No, it's just what I was going to say was because when we interviewed Justin Longmuir this week, he was talking about the fall zone, you know, where the ball fall, and he, the way he creates space for himself in that sense. So it's a lot of be. What do you do with the bond? I mean, the bond is key to this. Twelve year. clearances last week, Bont and Pelly. Yeah, so well, does that's, H go that, to him? that's where I was about to go. So I, I actually asked Longmuir. I said, "Do you put extra time into the bond?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, you have to. In fact, there's been this speculation that." The Bont's not having a great season. And he and Longmuir said, in his opinion, from the stats that he's seen, he's having a brilliant season. He's been remarkable. Yep. And he, so I think he said in 19 clearances, he had nine of them himself uh, the week before, which is unbelievable. So I'm, I was thinking, so Will Brody had a crack at him yep. last time. I think maybe Will Brody definitely starts. Well, you need a bigger body on him. Yeah. So he was the sub, right? So it was good that Switzkowski went down in some ways. Some of the some folks have been calling him Swiss Kouts, Swiss Kowski. Have you heard that? Switkowski. Yeah, and, and it, what and nothing no, good about no him Z. going down. He's really important. To and them, there's Switkowski. no Z, so they say Switzkowski. There's no Z in it. It's Switkowski, right? Anyway, just clarifying that. So Switkowski goes down. Um, Brody comes on early and is a revelation. And they realise, wow, we should never have lo- dropped Will Brody. We need this bloke. He's got, he's got, you know, his game's not complete, but he's the bloke that we need coming out the front. And so this will be what will happen. It's either him or Aish. Does Aish go to him as a tag, or does Brody t- try to take him on, the bond? I, mean, I don't know. Which way do you go? You can't put Caleb too small. Yeah, I think you're... S- Look, you probably start with Aish, although he hasn't really played much inside, has he, or in the middle? This no, he has come. More, he uh, has come in, yeah. Since since I, I think, been I think, out. I think you start with him, and then you go to Brody. You need a bigger body, but it's certainly You've important. Got to stop the body. Who are you tipping? Yeah, so I'm. St- I'm. St- it's a dollar eighty. The Dockers and the Bulldogs two bucks. So it's super tight. Most, super tight. Super tight. And uh, most of them, most people are tipping the Bulldogs, but I'm. I'm thinking, even with Fifey and everything else that's going on, I'm tipping the Dockers. Yeah. Okay. Saturday, 11.45am, Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide $1.07. Wait for it. The West Coast Eagles, $8.50. Again, three Barra. weeks in a row. Since round two, the Eagles have conceded 17.5 marks per game in their de- defensive 50. They're ranked last for that. Mm-hmm. They've lost three of its last four games against the Power by an average margin of 58 points. Um, Port Adelaide, since round two, the Power have lost the contested position count by 15.5 per game, ranked last, but they have recorded a pressure factor of 186, ranked second in the AFL. And well, I think we saw that on display last week. They have, they're have they a bit up and down, the um, the Power, but at home, I think, I mean, you certainly can't pick the Eagles in this game. I think it's a bit like last week. I think sort of a six to eight goal loss you'll take. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more you'll start questioning, but that, that would do me. What do you think? Let's hope they can draw some inspiration maybe from An- Anzac Day of the weekend because they are sort of, they are under the pump. I mean, I, I was talking to Robert Wiley. So when we did 
Simo, when you went inside there in Hobnob, and I was talking to, uh, to Sorry, I- Ian Miller. I? What was I doing? <laughs> I don't know what you were doing. So I was talking to Ian Miller and Robbie Wiley, great Perth legends. Yes. And Robbie coaches the Eagles waffle team, of course. People don't know that. And he said he couldn't believe first two weeks of the season in terms of preseason, they won both games. They beat Claremont, who were going to win the flag probably in the waffle, right? The Eagles beat Claremont. That's how well they were going. Then these massive injuries hit, and so he loses all his players. Then on the weekend... On the weekend, he's got five Eagles in his squad, right? Five only left, okay? You need nine to be competitive. You need 12 to win, he reckons. So he's got five going in against West Perth, the Premiers, right? In the very first bounce, the first bounce of the game, Elijah Hewitt rolls his ankle. In the first bounce. So he's already down one Eagle. Then Harry Creasy... In the same contest, gets injured, so he's down two blokes already. So already out two goats out of the game. He loses by the, uh, arguably the greatest margin in the history of the waffle, 169 points. You know, like he, he can't believe it. And this week, he's got less players. And I think I think they should postpone. Yeah, no, keep it. Or going. forfeit, not probably not forfeit. I don't know because it's not. I their think fault. you've got to keep it moving. Barrett. But East Fremantle are going in. It's always East Fremantle. Integrity like, of the game. It's always that's true. Last year East Fremantle had to hand them players. Remember, so it's always East Fremantle for some reason. But all I keep thinking is why isn't Perth playing him this weekend? <laughs> Seriously, this is when you want to play him. Don't you want to earn your stripes, though, Barra? But 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 and but but you know what. You do have to be serious for a second, putting my president's hat on for a minute. The integrity of the comp is... I agree with that. Because West Perth have got this massive now percentage. They might finish ahead of Claremont or yeah. South America, whoever it is That's in the finals, because they've, they've had this unexplained massive win. or Not unexplained, but un, uh, unpredictable massive win. So it ain't great. So I take it you're picking Porto. I right? am, mate, yeah. On to Saturday, 2.35pm... <laughs> Intriguing game this at Marnica Oval. The Giants, My old ground. The Giants $3.50 versus the Brisbane Lions $1.30. Marnica Oval, Barra. What's there? What showpieces at Marnica Oval? Marnica Oval. I don't know. That was my The original home. MCG scoreboard. When, oh, is that right? Yeah. When I was playing for Marnica, I played at Marnica Oval many, many times. And it's not Manuka. Yes, you're right. It's Marnica. And uh, Tommy Green, suspended. Makes it a little bit interesting, doesn't it? But Brisbane $1.30, you think, wouldn't you? Oh, look, I think the Brisbane Lions, again, flat-track bullies. They beat up on North Melbourne up in the Adelaide Hills last week. But these are games they should win. Don't mind what I've seen in the Giants, but the Giants took, let's call it, Harry Himmelberg in about all but 90 seconds to beat Hawthorne last week. And Hawthorne are pretty gettable at the moment. So not convinced by the Giants. I'm picking the Lions. They, they, They should win this, surely. Absolutely. It should be like... At least 18 points. Probably. Forward line's playing a lot better at the moment. I think it's important for them to, you know, just keep that, that unity down there. Danaher. You don't trust him, do you? Lockie Eric Hipwood. Lockie Neal will be knocking on the door for he'll be Charlie the Brown, Cameron. He'll be in the Brownlow contention. Charlie can't play full forward, I've noticed. Charlie has to be the, the well, cream on the cake, doesn't he? He has to be forward. the chocolate on top or the, I don't know what he call he's it. small forward. I know. He's, he can't. Sometimes they want him to be the main man, but he can't be. And Danaher, I don't trust him, but I think they're good enough to beat the Giants. <laughs> he's had its 25 shots at goal this season, ranked sixth in the AFL. He also ranks equal fifth for total scoreboard impact points with 101. It's only two, three weeks ago we were bagging Joey Danaher and saying drop him. Mm. We'll wait and see on the uh, lines, how far they go, but they should win this one. Well, they've got a pretty good defender in Sam Taylor, one of the great defenders no, in the competition he? He at GWS. Is good. So. He's very good. Okay, so we're both picking the Brisbane Lions. Yep. 
Now, this next one, GMHBA Stadium, Saturday, 5.25 What is it? Geelong, $1.50 v. the Sydney Swans, $2.60. What is it? It's the... I'm not sure. Grand final rematch. Oh, of course it's the grand the final. The grand final rematch. It's the dumbest well, thing Well, let's ever just hope. It's we a... used to say the grand final replay, and then we got called up by some sort of intellectual professor, no, no. and he goes, mate, it's not a replay, you right. idiot. He's right. It's a rematch. <laughs> so now uh, it's Let's a just hope it actually is a, a contest, unlike last year's grand final. I'm still shaking my head about that game. It was the most unlike Sydney performance I've ever mm. seen in recent history. Mm. Geelong... Uh, Look, Geelong, should, I'm, I'm never going to pick against Geelong at home, although in recent years they have been more gettable there. The only thing I'll say is, going all right, the Sydney Swans at the moment. Now, it's a tough ground to play because of its narrow um, status. You know, you do get pushed out. If you get pushed out, you, you end up at, over yep. the other side of the boundary line. But Geelong is gettable. They're the third easiest team to score against from turnover. Only GWS and Hawthorne have been worse this year. So Sydney will be looking at that stat and giving themselves every chance to win this game. A lot to like about them, but Geelong at home, I'm picking them. You? i tell you what, it is a tough one because there's no doubt that Geelong be favourites, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're favourites. Dollar fifty favourites, right? So, but when you look at it, the Warner Brothers, great last week. Wasn't it great to see him kick his first goal in footy? The young fella, Corey Corey Warner. Yep. I love that. Errol Warner was, Brothers production. Yeah, Errol was. <laughs> I said that. Errol Errol was fantastic. Uh, Mills doesn't play in the middle as much anymore, which is extraordinary. And you know, think about it. So it's the young. They've handed the midfield over to mostly to the young blokes. Stengel broke his wrist, didn't he? Yeah. In that collision. Uh, and did you meet, re- mention Reece Stanley could be out with that eye injury? And do you know anything about Buddy on your list there? From, I it? don't know anything about Buddy. Is he playing? Yeah, the, he's very much a week-to-week proposition, so it's really hard to know with Buddy. Because if he's playing, um, it could change things up. Yeah, it's tough ground. I'm going I'm to pick Sydney. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to stick Sydney in a boil over, and, and a lot of it's got to do with the grand final because it's their chance now. Because despite what everyone says, it does stick in your craw, and you do want to get them in the first game back. Doesn't mean anything, and it means bugger all when you belt them or if you beat them. But they'll they'll want to do it, won't they? You know the key to this is turning up. Mm. Well, they didn't turn up at the grand final, so turn up to this yeah, game, Sydney. I'm, and I'm you're tipping they'll turn up, and those young guys will be just jumping out of their skin, so to prove themselves. So I'm going Sydney. You're going Geelong, eh? Yep. Uh, Sunday, eleven ten a.m. Utahs in Launceston. Hawthorne, three dollars seventy. Adelaide Crows, a dollar twenty seven. Adelaide, I'll just read these names out to you. Fogarty, Philthorpe, Walker, Rankine, Rochelle. Very, very very good players uh, against that Hawthorne defence. Hawthorne, uh, the worst team on turnover to score against this year, the easiest team to score against on turnover this year. Um, Just can't put four quarters together. So I can't trust a team that can't put four quarters together, despite the fact you'd look at this game and say, Launceston. Adelaide, up and about, everyone's talking them up, every chance to, you know, this is the sort of game they drop. But I just think they're a better side now, Adelaide. Yeah, good and, summary. Um, I'm picking Adelaide. No, good summary. That forward line, when you read those names, Rankin, Rochelle and Texanco and Darcy, oh, I love, they're super. They're super. And you're right, I know who's, you've got your man down there, your favourite player, and that's about it, the captain. Hawthorne captain. Yeah, Sicily. He's yeah. about... He, well, the, the, the defence... He'll be, he'll be like... Uh, who's the bloke who held back 
Oh, the boy putting his finger in the dike. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Be that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the water's about to come over the top. The of Hawthorne defence, I mean, you know, uh, Denver Granger Brass, I'm not sure where he's at. So he'll be a really interesting watch this year. High end, top end yeah. draft pick. Come back home. And um, it's been a, you know, a couple of years now. You know, Sam Frost, whenever he gets the footy, I can tell you as a Hawthorne supporter, I love his effort but uh, and, and his occasional forays down mm. the ground bouncing the footy. But when he gets the footy, your heart's in your mouth. Fair to come every single time. But, um, you know, they do like playing that ground, but oh, it's hard to pick Hawthorne at the moment. So. Talk about your, your heart and your mouth. I was able to use Chad Wingard as an example for my son. Oh, the tongue. Because my, my son, he never... We really want to go He does there? the same thing. He takes his mouth guard out. So does mine. You know, in my era, uh, uh, people must just get sick of me saying that. It's like when your dad goes, in my day, you know, we used to walk to school or something like that. Uh, I sound like a, a doofus, but we never wore mouth guards. And in fact, when I played for my first, one of my first games against Tim Watson, he had no front teeth. Yep. Tim Watson had no front teeth. I couldn't believe it. He had no mouth guards because often you'd get your front teeth knocked out. So he just didn't wear a mouth guard. And you know the guy, he's on the news now. Yeah, right? I know so he must have falsies in there, that's yeah. for sure. But Chad Wingard, so he didn't wear his mouth guard, bit through his tongue. Mm. Bit through his tongue. It, it, it Has split, had, had it, surgery, yeah. You know those lizards? Severed his tongue. Have you seen those? Is it blue tongue lizard? Blue, yeah. uh, you're the one that has the split tongue? Mm-hmm. He had that. And, and lacerated... Be very interesting to see if he plays. Be, be a big effort if he does. Yeah, oh, surely he doesn't play. This but I got young Tom to wear his mouth guard after he saw that. I can tell you. So my young Tom is also runs around with his mouth guard poking out. So I've told him to wear your mouth guard from now on. Uh, Sunday, Marvel Stadium, one twenty p.m. Carlton, a dollar seven versus St Kilda, a dollar eighty three. I mean, Friday night's hard to pick, Barra, but I really struggled with this game. Um, who who to pick? Carlton, Sards out, big out. But yeah, you know, they've Carlton like they seem like a team that's mm. just really been a bit wishy washy. Yet they're oh. you know they, they haven't really done too much wrong. Last their last defeat was damning on them. But uh, I'm just not sure at the moment against Adelaide whether they really look like they were on. That just it seems we, to be. Have we heard anything about Steele and Membry? I think Steele's due back this week, and Membry's certainly in the mix. So. You know, if they come in, yeah. And the thing about St Kilda is they're very, as we discovered last week. So we were all wondering what was going to happen against Collingwood. Six point loss. They were. Let's be honest. They were about eighteen points down with about thirty seconds to go. Went bang bang. But I think that all over defence that Ross Lyons got them playing is really hard to defend against. However, Barra, it's really taxing on the players. And what this is round six now. Mm. I'm just not sure if we're about to see a bit of a Some consecutive a, losses. You reckon? Well, I'm going to pick Carlton to win this, and yeah. it's more a gut feel on it because I can easily see St Kilda winning this. But I just still, I think they've got to be better at the. You're contest. sort of making your mind up live. No, on no, there. no, no, no. You're I'm making picking, your mind up live. Well, on I've there. circled Carlton, <laughs> so I'm picking them. But too much is left to Crips, and I know with Walsh, Walsh's first game. Back last week, he was pretty impressive, but he'll be better for the run as well. So I think they need to lend Cripps a bit of a hand because like he has in the last few years, he's sort of carrying them a bit, isn't he? Yeah, the former Docker's not really added anything, has he? I mean, he's, he's solid. Yeah, no, he's added something, but I think we need more from him for what they paid. So You know what I reckon, this is my view of it, is that I reckon, I reckon that we now need to have a look at Vossi. 
Like, is it Vossi? Well, not yet. Is, or is it Cle- No, no, I'm just saying. They're fourth it, on the ladder. So If Carlton aren't the team that we think they're going to be, and they're not, if they're not going to be top four, or if they're maybe even top eight, but probably top four. They play finals, I think he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying sacking. I'm just saying, is it Vossi not... Because Ross will pull Vossi's pants down. There's no question about that. In the coaching stakes, Ross will pull down... Vossi's pants. My only question about St Kilda is it is a taxing way to play. Is it sustainable? And Saad is out yep. as well. Big out. So you're probably thinking the Blues by four points, are you? Something like that? I'm picking them by a kick. Okay. No yeah. more. Yeah, that's four points. <laughs> <laughs> Under a kick. It's actually not. It's six, but anyway. You're picking them by six, are you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with the Saints, mate. Okay. I reckon that Ross will be pretty peed off that he lost that game to Collingwood. Then he lost by a kick. Uh, I reckon they bounce back. Especially if Jack Steele's playing. Uh, Gold Coast Suns, Heritage Bank Stadium on Sunday. They host North Melbourne. Gold Coast $1.26. North Melbourne $3.85. I'm going to ask you a question, Barra. Mm-hmm. The Gold Coast Suns. Where are what, they going? What, what are they? What do they represent? No. What's their game style? What's their mantra? That's exactly Who are right. they? You're, you're exactly right there. What do they stand for? You know what? As a player... When you don't know what your club stand for stands for or what you're actually supposed to be, it's very hard to be good, <laughs> very hard to be anything. And yet, so you've nailed it there. Uh, are they trying to pretend every season they have to pretend that they're going to make the eight because the AFL's reason for putting them there is to spread the gospel. So you have to, they have to, and they have to have stars. But all the blokes that have left, like Rankin and all those guys that have left, you go, wow, they've been raped and pillaged. You know what I mean? The only thing, the only stat they really have excelled at so far this year is the contest. Mm. Noah Anderson, Raul, um, so um, Swallow. So I just have no faith in Gold Coast, but strangely, I'm going to pick him. Well, they're at it's home. It's at home. At home, yeah. It's against North Melbourne. No Jai Sinkham, as you mentioned. That's right. He's a big out. So I'm going to pick Gold Coast. They have to win this game at home, or the season has slipped away. You'd, you'd like to think they're a team. They'll if bounce they back. If they get it right, you're sort of out about 10th, 11th. It's the sort so. of game where they bounce back. And Wits comes back, almost certainly. He'll make a massive difference. So I'm picking the Suns. You're picking yep, the Suns. Yep. But let's just, just talk for a little bit about Todd Goldstein. It's his 300th game this week. So you like what Clarko's done in terms of um, dropped him for that um, early game. And then and the other bloke got injured. Ben Cunnington, he also uh, subbed out of a game. So he's... Clarko's come in and he's, and he's quite prepared to get these veterans and say, if you're not pulling your weight, or if yeah. the team balance suggests that we're going to leave you out. So, uh, well done to Todd Goldstein. He's pretty well been their best player for about 20 years. Hasn't Mate, he? 300 games. It's quite remarkable that he hasn't left, don't you think? Well, I think he had opportunities to. It just didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that, you know, don't when, you love a one-club player, though? When at, a, at a weak club, it's remarkable, isn't it, really? There's not many one-club players anymore. If you're a one-club player at Hawthorne in their prime or or all those other 300-game players that we know, they all stuck around at, at successful clubs. He stuck around at Puparama. Yeah, you know what I mean? Did. If I was him, I would have gone. You'd have to have thought about it. Monday, MCG, 5.25 p.m. Melbourne, $1.32 v. Richmond, $3.40. Now, this is a special game too, Barra. They do this Anzac tribute well again. You know, this is where the candles, mm-hmm. yep, you see yep. them at the MCG. So it's a great game. I reckon Gorney might be back. That was the thing. So I, I think Richmond's <laughs> just a little bit off the bit at the moment. A lot of outs. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, a lot of outs. A lot of outs. Um, not quite getting the impact from Bolton or Dusty that we would expect them to. No. And Melbourne with Gorn back. 
uh, coming off a pretty ugly defeat, I think I think Melbourne's going to win this game and they're going to win this game pretty well. I give you the tip: if Gorn, Lever, and Brown are all playing, <laughs> they're definitely winning. Jaden Short could be a welcome inclusion too. It says here, so yeah, I'm saying the D's by 17 points, but great to see Maxi Gorn back there. See how he works back in with uh, Brody Grundy. Clayton Oliver, is he leading the Brownlow or is Dacos leading the Brownlow at the moment? Or there, are there other players? Yeah. Fons and Pelly would be up there. It feels like Dacos is almost maxed out. Right now I reckon he's he's leading, but mm. Clayton Oliver's had a great year. They reckon he could have 14 votes. Um, yeah. We'll get on to him in a minute because there's a theory about how to play against him. But oh, here we Just go. on the Dusty, I mentioned him earlier, uh, a career-low kicking efficiency of 46% this season, which is a drop from a career-high 63% last wow. year. So all is Good not stats, well mate. Hey, what well, did let's you have reckon? a look at the Brownlow 2023 Brownlow leaderboard. Uh, these are the odds. Uh, oh, well, they're suggesting that Andrew Brayshaw is up there. Uh, no, excuse me, mate. You got last year's odds there. Twenty twenty three Brownlow leader. <laughs> There's no way he's in. He's in there. Yeah, I know. Um, interesting. Zach Merritt <laughs> was, was a, another player that, mentioned there. Is that a, that must be a special bet or something? Oh, it must be. <laughs> Come on, I think Andrew's mate, I dropped sp- off a bit. He's dropped off. Dropped a bit, off a bit, yeah. mate. I was speaking to Longmuir this week about it. I mm. said to him, the discrepancy between Sarong and Brayshaw because last year they were both All Australian form. Brayshaw made the All Australian team. What's happened? Is he copping the tag? Is he carrying an injury? Clearly, he's carrying an injury. Clearly, he's copping the tag. And Sarong has continued on the same. Sarong had a great preseason. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, he, he last, he, last year, he didn't have a great preseason, so he wasn't able to do contact work. He had a broken finger or something. So this year, he's, he's just continued on. Brayshaw has, has plateaued the poor bugger. He's copping all the heat. And he was good, better last week, I thought, and better in the second half. He might be coming good, but... So at this stage, Sarong would be ahead. So of I've got I've got Dacos, Oliver, I've got Bontempelli, and probably Zach Merritt before he was suspended this week. I've got him as yeah, well. Yeah, we aren't winning frame, it. So. We aren't winning it, mate. He's you not know winning when they, it. When they get suspended. Should he? Hey, what about Oliver? Should he be able to win it if it's a one-week suspension? Why? What do you mean? Do we? Is it time to change the rules? Uh-huh. Well, what about Oliver's? Did you see that tackle that Oliver made, Clayton Oliver? And because the bloke's arms were free and he didn't get knocked out, there was no... That was a bit. Uh, that was a bit suspect in terms of why that wasn't looked at. Maybe it was looked at. So tackling's an issue that is going to. I mean, it's slapped us in the face already this year, and it's going to be around for a time. I think when you pin a guy's arms and you and you and you go through with the tackle, that second motion where their head hits the turf, I think you're in trouble and should be. Well, this this in this one, the bloke's head did hit the uh, turf with Oliver, but it was not mentioned. Possibly, it was looked at. Uh, I'd hate to think it was because he's a Brownlow favourite, but he certainly should have been. Looked the other at. player we haven't, um, uh, haven't, we shouldn't forget is Jordan Dawson too, who's had a terrific start mm. to the year for Adelaide. So he's right. So up what there. did? How did Brayshaw get into that last mention, mate? I'm not sure, but that was <laughs> there was a stat that was thrown up. Is, is it? <laughs> what was it last year's Brownlow? No, it was another. Website. So oh yeah, let's go on to Tuesday. Not the people who know. Let's go on to Tuesday, uh, one of our favourite games of the year, the MCG, April twenty-five, Anzac Day, one twenty p.m. Collingwood, a dollar forty-six. Essendon, two dollars seventy. What do they do about Nick Dacos? What does Essendon do? Do they do a hard tag? Here who plays go. on him? What do you got, mate? What what no, theory? Well, what? My only theory with him is what. I'll t- it's, if you look at last week's game, Collingwood St Kilda. We're recording this. He's had a trillion possessions day, Cos. But yep. you know when he walked off the every ground? Every week. Every when week. he walked off the ground, you have a look at him. And he was 
This is not he a criticism. Look tired. No, no, and he's bruise free, <laughs> Barra. He's bruise free. Oh. <laughs> no, he is. So what my point is, beat him up. In a way. So St Kilda haven't done that last week. They lost the game by six points. You don't think you Ross Lyon was trying to beat him up? You can't continue come on, to let come him... Come on, Gordon. No, I don't be think serious. he did. Be serious. Let's be serious. No, I think you they went head think, to head. Yeah, you, you don't think Ross Lyon wasn't trying to beat up I Nick I think Dacos. he backed his system to... That will not happen again against Ross Lyon. I think he backed his system to overwhelm Collingwood, win the game despite... So Dacos he wasn't getting dominant. any stats during the game showing... Mate, Dacos is on oh, fire. Oh, you know they have red alarms now. Red flags go. <laughs> Alarm goes off in the box when someone, ever since Blighty stuffed up with Brett Hetty in that grand final against the Eagles and Hetty got moved in the middle and Blighty didn't notice in the grand final in 92 till too late. Ever since then, people have alarms when blokes get more than five or six possessions in a row. Right? And so the alarm would have been going off. Are you saying Ross Lyon didn't notice? I'm not saying he didn't notice. I'm saying he, he didn't care. His- yeah, he you're saying he didn't system. care. I'm saying he backed his system to Whoa. beat Collingwood. So what I'm saying, I think saying, you're underestimating that kid. Okay, what I'm saying, nah, what I'm saying is, nah. I think what you have to do with him is stoppages, um, kicking out from behinds. Any time, don't let have, him kick out from behinds. No, just get a big body on him. Get someone, and it's not a target. What are you tag. saying about the kickouts from behind? So I'm saying. Anytime don't let him go down stoppage. there and kick it. No, not him. Tag him. Stand next to him. What happens is that he's the first receive after a um, contested, you know, from yeah. a stoppage, right? So I'm saying get a hard body on him all the time. Bring him to ground legally. Right. Don't get yourself reported. Make him, make him really earn every single kick and don't let him just run around free. Right. Collingwood are very so you don't good think at that's doing been it. Tried. Well, right. no, I'm just saying this. Let's ways get on to Brad it. Scott. Brad, have you thought of this? Yes, well... Quarters reckons. Let's see what happens. Or do you do, or do you just play someone like a parish, who's been very good, do you just go head-to-head with him and back yourself to have as as much of it as he does? That hasn't worked either, has it? No. um, And he also, yeah, he's a very, very good player. Now, McStay's out. Uh, So more issues for Collingwood in the Mm. rug. Frampton's done a reasonable job. They're talking about bringing in Nathan Kruger. But they're up against a pretty good opponent in Draper. I'm a big fan of Draper. Mm. Goes down forward, kicks goals. Bit of a barometer for for Essendon. I'm going to pick the pies here. Um, I think... You have to, don't you? I'm going to pick them, but... Zach Merritt's out. They surpri- they've surprised me, Essendon, more than any team this they year. They will so lift. Far. They will lift for the Anzac Day game. Well, you this would hope this so. is the big Anzac Day game, isn't it? Those scenes are so wonderful with the rifles and the you know the last post. So who are you picking? Yeah, I, I'm taking the pies uh, by eight points. You're right about Draper. I, was, I wasn't sure about Draper. I thought he was a bit of a flash in the pan last year, kick goal of the year, a bit of a lunatic with a mullet. He can play. Oh, he yeah. pushed forward, kicks three goals. Sure can. And he will absolutely try to expose the Pies with McStay out and them not having any proper Ruckman. So he could be, if they win, it'll be on the back of Draper. But at this stage, you've got to go to the Pies, I reckon. Yep. Barra, now it's Let's time this. for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Yes, thank you, and thank you to Thirsty Camel, and we're giving away a block, a 30-can block of great Northern Super Crisp. It's not a slab, it's a block. Mate, we got criticised for this last year. People were emailing no, us. No, you need a slab for Adam Simpson. Don't forget it. Yeah, I won't. Do some plugs, extra plugs. Going to. And then you'll, they'll send you a great slab. Great Northern Super Crisp 30-can block. Yeah, there thank you. you. Simo, it's on so the So we've got a hand out a prize this week. This one from Andrew, High Quarters and Barra. 
is the AFL's experiment for an Anzac Day fixture in New Zealand on hold? Very good point. The AFL has missed marketing opportunities by not having local New Zealand commentators announcing a round sex game. <laughs> they probably could hand out a sex. Mazda Sex Two Sex as well while they're round doing six. it. Yeah, in the future, if successful, New Zealand should bid and promote for something like the Round Sex Gather Round. I'd like to see that resurrecting an old AFL marketing catchphrase. Boom, boom. Very funny, Andrew. It feels like um, New Zealand. I, I love the Anzac link, obviously, because it's you know Anzac yep. includes New Zealand. But uh, well, but apart so. but apart from that, we ain't getting going to conquer New Zealand. I'm sorry, I've been to New Zealand. I've played rugby in New Zealand. Nobody gives a continental about anything except for rugby, except for the All Blacks, <laughs> the All Blacks, and, and then daylight, 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 cricket. rugby league, daylight, daylight, bit of cricket, yeah. <laughs> bit of cricket, daylight, 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 basketball. <laughs> I reckon cricket's more popular. Than yeah, all right. Sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll rewind that. So you want me to do it again? Daylight, daylight, <laughs> cricket yeah, and call. rugby league. Daylight, daylight, daylight. Everything else. And footy. Okay. I wouldn't even know why you're going there, but it's a bit like going to China, I suppose. Hello, Barra and Quarters. With the booing of Jason Horn Francis, we suddenly find ourselves in an Adam Goods type situation where a player is basically being bullied by thousands of people all at once for no real reason. The mentality of they play, pay for a ticket, they can do what they want is outdated, and we have moved along as a society for the better. It seems to be unpopular for media personalities or coaches to discourage this type of behaviour, but someone from outside port needs to stick their neck out to stop this before we lose another player to mental health issues. I personally hate Port Adelaide. It's a big word, hate, but have nothing against the players themselves. Thanks for the pod, Ed in Bustleton. I like that email. Um, That's got to be a contender. That is a contender. Mate, how good were those scenes, though? Let's... Ken Hinckley, I, I like Ken Hinckley. Mate, he is like a likable, he is a good man, and if they knife him this year, it'll be very sad. Mm-hmm. But he and, and I can't believe Treadray. is one thing, Warren Treadray, Port Adelaide legend, came out, said that Hinckley's job was untenable. Mm-hmm. This was a couple of weeks ago before he's already won a well, couple. He's entitled to his opinion. Yeah, but, but to do that is a big thing. That would be like me trying to knife Woosher or some other you know iconic wonderful figure in this state. I mean, Ken Hinckley does not deserve that. And he's shown by stepping up with those couple of wins, but also with Horn Francis, the way he handled him on the bench and then in the rain, that iconic shot now with the rain coming down mm-hmm. and he comes up like a father figure and says, mate, don't worry about that. We love you. And then the kid hugs him. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, I how, how powerful was that? My, that was magnificent. My issue with booing is, I mean, I've never understood it. I just don't get it. But... Look, it depends where it comes from. Uh, and I don't think it's coming from a good place for Horn Francis, and it certainly wasn't coming from Why a good place Why are they booing him, do you reckon? Well, he's just seen as a bit of a villain because he was a number one draft pick, went over to North, left after a year and came home. So I just don't I don't really get it. I think we do need to cut him some slack. Is he a, they think he's a big head or fig jam or something. All of that, yeah. Do they? Yeah. But, he, but he's 19. I agree. I mean, who the hell boos a 19-year-old? Seriously, it'd be like going to Auskick and booing some kid. No, it's, you know, it's a kid in the midfield, he's going, well, boo. Hey, by the way, I've been to, pl- plenty of people do, there's some ugly parents out there, don't worry. Ugly parent syndrome is massive. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's an a extension very, of that, and we don't like that. I'm calling that the clubhouse leader at yeah, the moment. Yeah, I'm that's with a you, very brother. good email. Uh, hi, gents. I listen to Adam Simpson's press conferences every week, and I'm continually surprised by the lack of follow-up questions from you oh, all sitting go. in the room. Whoa. There Here you go. go, a bit of a crack at us. Yeah, yeah, give us a bit more. Simo con- Simpson continually says things like, that's just football when it comes to injuries. 
I'm scratching my head at Shannon Hearn being sore after a week off. Virgil doing a hammy at a light recovery session. Edwards breaking a wrist, punching a football. It's gotten to a point where 20 injuries is just not football, and the media really need to take the club to task on the continual management of injuries. Also, the club's injury list is filled with half of the players as TBC. Uh, when some did their injuries four weeks ago. The lack of transparency to their fans is appalling, and again, the media should be holding the club to account. I reckon we asked the right questions at yesterday's press conference, Barra. You yeah. and I were there. Yeah, yeah. I think we when hold we're the club there, to account. It's fine. No, when the, don't start bagging everyone. Let's not do that. But I think they were pretty good. I, I think this question is asked it's a lot. It's true, but we won't do it. <laughs> Seriously, when you're there, I oh, that's go, from Broken Eagle, by the way. When when you're there, I go, this is good. We're sweet now. I got cover, and you've got cover from me. You know that I'm <laughs> going to come over the top. If I see you getting on top of you, Look, I'll chip in from the other just side. Just in answer to that, they <laughs> did they did revamp their uh, strength and conditioning a bit over uh, at the end of last year. Uh, they got the killer revamped there. Him. They changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah they exactly. And um, they were worried well, about the soft him, tissue. You heard, you heard me yeah. ask: Is there a problem at Lathlane and with the surface? Because yeah. I had a vested interest. I'm the Perth president. I want to know if there's a is problem. Is there a with problem the with the surface? Yeah, and he said there wasn't. Do obviously. you think there is? No, I don't think there is. I don't think there is at Who's all. Who's your curator? And we, well, they've got they run the curator. Okay, so they pay for all that. So that's why it's pristine. Can it be too so pristine? Do your players have any issue with the surface? No, no. And can it be too pristine? That's the question. There's not a lot of giving it, I suppose. Okay, there you go. But they want to be able to train. So, but they they have experts checking it. They have those penetrometers out there all the time, and they don't mess around, my friend. And when he said, "What did the, what what the broken eagle?" It's very perceptive, the broken eagle. But I can tell you now, because Summer wrote a column, didn't he, in the West today about Shannon Hearn, and he said that don't Shannon rest him. shouldn't yeah. have been rested, and he's out again. Yeah. And so I think they've made that transition now, haven't they, to, you know, there's no risks. We don't, you know, not, I don't want to say the word that begins, that rhymes with shank. Rhymes with ranking. <laughs> I don't know where you're going to go there. I was so worried. <laughs> you let don't us worry, say that. Mate. This is a family podcast. You know that Seinfeld show where it's all about that? Yes, I do. <laughs> the most famous one. One of the questions last night. What was the uh, what's the line about? I'm the master of my domain. Yeah, I'm the master of my domain. <laughs> and what about when Kramer comes in and goes, "I'm out of the bed. <laughs> I, I'm out." Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> have you seen that? It's, mate, it's a funny show. It is. Sorry, sorry. Uh, morning there. quarters and Barra. I don't claim to be a clairvoyant, but I can't see the concussion issue ending in anything but a mud fight. Given the past recreational indiscretions of players potentially leading to the same symptoms as seen in concussion, it would only seem natural that the AFL would use that as an argument. Given this, surely the next AFLPA agreement is going to be an absolute mess. Also, do you foresee them expanding the drug testing policy to the off-season as a way to mitigate potential lawsuits in the future as they'll have an idea of the drug use that may be occurring now? That's a You can't cast that across the whole competition in terms of the AFLPA there's a collective bargaining agreement happening at the moment both for the men's and women's games and they're looking at this fighting fund if you like uh, for concussion going mm-hmm. down the track I think the player they're referring to here earlier in the first part of that question is Gary Ablett Senior who's suing the AFL mm-hmm. Geelong and Hawthorne um, and we don't know and we it- know that there's been some issues with Gary Ablett Senior off the field so any lawyer worth his salt will yeah. argue that case if when that goes the, to court your brain damage has it come from footy or has it come from it, your social life yeah it's a murky but you it can't is- test people outside of you know like in any other job 
if you're on holidays, is anyone drug testing you? I mean, no. I, I, if, if you're a tradie or if you're a FIFO, I'm okay. You get tested, drug tested when you're a FIFO, but you don't get tested on your holidays. And how could you do that? So the issue is there are two drug policies, and people often get them confused. There is the overriding, it's not WADA anymore, uh, it's Sports Integrity Australia who enforce the WADA policy. Mm-hmm. So that's a, if you are caught on match day, you're in a lot of trouble. Yep. Um, hence, um, Junior Rioli, when he um, yep. you know, substituted. Constitution. Uh, that was that policy. Yeah, but it's, There's it, also the illicit drug policy. Yeah. Now, the players agreed to this. They yeah, weren't forced into it. And, all that. and I think that does need to be looked at or fine-tuned. But don't forget, but you, the but players yeah, agreed to do that. I know, but that's that's. But you know you saying that. That should be what people understand, is that the players have agreed to a much more rigorous testing procedure than they have to. That's right. It's ridiculous being tested in your own home, in your own private life, as to what you're doing. Don't you think? Come round to your house and drug test you? Depends if you're looking at it uh, and the as a as a prohibitive program. So you're looking at um, you know uh, helping the players to help themselves. I don't mind that side of it. Yeah, it doesn't happen in other societies or other no, it jobs, doesn't. does it? You no. Know, so why? So so just understand that the AFL players have signed on to a much more stringent than anybody else. I've got some breaking news. Yep. What is that? Will Schofield. Guess what he's doing? Playing Waffle this weekend for West Coast. He's making a comeback. Will Schofield is pulling on the boots. The Eagles are so short in their Waffle team that former Premiership defender Will Schofield has decided to pull on the boots. I wonder if they've asked Cuzzy as well for the Waffle team. And he'll be taking on, uh, who are they playing? East Fremantle this weekend. He's unhanging the boots as we speak. How's that? I might get the call up. No, no they're not that, going that bad. How does that work, though? Is he a registered player? How does that work? I think Good on him, by the way. Well done, Will, can, for rolling up the sleeves and pulling the boots on again. Can they just bring in anybody? He half mentioned... Uh, when I wasn't we were there sure yesterday, if you could do that. We were cracking gags yes, about Adam Simpson said you can't do that. So, obviously, they've looked at it and you can. He, he has revealed the chain of events that has led to his waffle well, return. What, what are they? What I'd are like they? to get Benny out there. That'd be amazing. How would he go? Benny. Benny? Yeah, Benny Cousins. I wouldn't bet against him doing anything, that fella. He looks in pretty good nick. <laughs> He's 44 or something, 43. Yeah, I think Will, a bit old for that. How old would Will be? No when, no 32, is he? So 32. he's still young enough to get away with it. I'd say Ben, as fine as a footballer as he was, mm. I think his probably yeah. time is done, Barra, so I'd advise against Who else can him. we think of? Is there anyone else? Oh, you? Masto? You? What about Chris Maston? What about you? No, no, no chance. They're not going that bad. But Chris Maston. What about Masto? Yeah. Who are the other recent retirements? It's got to be a few others we can dig up. Mate, it's getting weird this now, isn't it? Pardon? Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Probably come in and kick 15, though. Mundy. Get Mundy. Yeah. (laughs) Jump teams. Oh, no. Good luck to Will Schofield. Uh, Amazing. This one from Chris, High Quarters and Barra. Like to know how West Coast can bring in some WA talent that is currently struggling to get a game at their respective clubs. How can they get Mitch Georgiades from Port Adelaide, That's Devin Robinson from Brisbane Lions? Also, I'd love them to take a look at Will Powell at Gold Coast, but would be a hard task, I think. The Eagles need another good draft to get some more quality mids and target some of these types of players. Could they look to trade some senior guys who still have some value? Call me crazy, but maybe Yoey is some value as he has some value and is a great player when playing. 
not sure about Yo. I'd like to see him obviously get on the park consistently, but I think he's still got enough um, going forward. I mean, McGovern has signed a contract. That's at AFL House, so that's done. Two years, and obviously he's Jeez, out with a hamstring lucky, injury. He got it in mm. just in time. Yeah. Has that actually happened, has it? Yeah, well, he's yeah. I wrote about it a while ago. Yeah, I know you did. Fact. Did that actually? It's at AFL House waiting to And then he through. pinged his hammy straight after. Oh, about two, three weeks later. Yeah, but it's, you know, that's just time. But you're right. So who's got currency? I think I don't think Yo's got clear, currency. Georgiades, we'd love to see. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about Eagles wise. So this bloke says trade some of their stars. Who's got currency? Yo, I don't think so. Yep. McGovern, you say signed. He would have to go and play with yep. his brother at Carlton, maybe. Liam Ryan. He's probably about the only one. Isn't no, he? you're not getting rid of Liam. Ryan. No, no, you're not getting. But I'm saying, if you had to trade a senior player, I think I think they've missed the boat on that. I think There's two nobody, years ago it? was the time to trade them out, and I don't think they can now. I think gaff, the, gaff they missed the gaff boat. I think boat. if you get the opportunity to get players coming out of contract, and I speak, of course, of the end of next year, Tim English. Mm. Are you coming in? Coming in, and I'm talking about, uh, look, if you had an opportunity to get Georgiades, you'd certainly have a look yep. at him for that forward Definitely. line. Definitely. Um, Will so, Power should be looked at. He's right. Devon should be. You I don't think it. trading out is possible anymore. I think you just need to get the players in when you can and get the number That's one. What free draft. agency is all about, Barrow. And get the one number one draft pick and get Harley Reid cross between Dustin Martin and Luke Hodge. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish about Tim English actually at the end of next year. End of next year. Yes, oh, mate. Don't put us through another year. Well, next year. Yeah, well, that's oh, what he's contracted to. You got to. Stick to, I so got the another, dogs are releasing him from their year contract in the next year. Last one. G'day, men. Yeah, good. Could the Matt. Eclipse about to start? Hurry up. Uh, as a <laughs> West Coast supporter, I'm curious to see how they handle the next few years while finishing at the bottom of the ladder and bringing in the draftees. Most fans on socials are calling for the club to play the kids, cut the old guys, but I think it's important to keep some experienced players to guide the young guys and shoulder some of the load if they're not injured in West Coast case. Otherwise, these draftees could be at risk of burnout and will never be seen again. That's from Matt from Albany. Thanks for your email. We sort of covered that, haven't we, yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, thank you for your emails. Please keep them coming. Quarters and Barra at wanews.com.au. Please keep them short and please put all your details in there. I'm giving it to Ed from Bustleton for his um, mail about Jason Horn Francis. I think that hit the money that Very one. good. Very good, Ed. Congratulations. Well done. You win Get a 30-can block of Great Northern Super. Beautiful drop, Barra. And it, uh, it's the most popular beer in Western Australia. I was staggered. And mate, I'm telling you, get some for Simo. He won't. He won't be on So, that. Ed, please see, send your details into Quarters and Barra at wanews.com.au and you will receive a voucher. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any gambling issues. Barra, good luck for see round you, six. Please, Fremantle, get there early to hear the ode. Uh, it's a special weekend, Anzac Day weekend, and uh, good luck to all your teams. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe and, of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.